You are listening to the Stories of Healing and Wonderlust podcast, and I am your host, Lou Kelly. Join me each fortnight as I explore the wild and wonderful world of healing, conscious living, yoga, self-development, travel, and the journey of life. We explore the very real human experiences that we go through and the many ways we overcome these challenges. I share with you via solo chats and also in conversation with some extraordinary guests. This podcast is a curation of relatable yet inspirational stories, and it showcases the varied voices in the healing and self-development space today. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number four. Today's guest is someone who has inspired me for a long time. When I was living a life that felt more like a prison sentence than a grand adventure, and I mean a prison of my own mind, this beautiful soul showed me that there was a path less travelled that could be walked. She showed me that it's okay to follow your heart and soul and dreams, and that we don't need to fit into any box to be successful. We discuss living in Thailand on a magical island, moving back to Bali, another magical island, late diagnosis ADHD, running a business during the pandemic, and always staying in flow no matter what. I trust you will find much joy in this conversation with the inspirational and freedom-loving Francie Fishman. Welcome, beautiful Francie, to the podcast, Stories of Healing and Wonderlust. It is such a joy to have you here today, all the way from Mexico. (laughs) I am so grateful and excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. So the first question I want to ask my guests is, what is your number one practice um, to drop in when you're feeling a little funky or a little out of balance? Like what is one little tool you have in your toolkit to do to come back to center? Uh, Well, it's the tried, tested and true, right? Yoga always helps me just stopping wherever I am, taking five Full, complete breaths can be just an absolute game changer for me. And music, listening to music or playing music instantly changes my vibration and gets me back into my center and into my flow. I love that. So for all the listeners, Francie is such an expander for me and she and and such an inspiration and so much of what I do now in the world my yoga and my retreat offerings come from experiences I had with Francie many many years ago in Thailand so I'm so happy to have you here on this podcast to kind of share this journey um how you live your life has impacted me and yeah there's no there's no two ways about it when we met in Copenhagen many years ago you were um, leading retreats on the very magical island of Copenhagen. And for those people that haven't been to Copenhagen, can you um, touch on the magic of this island, the intensity of it, um, <laughs> the tri-bays, why people are drawn to it, why you were drawn to it? Um, yeah, please dive a little deep into that incredible space. Oh, well, I am so g- grateful that I got to meet you then and yeah, the, the Tri-Bay, Kopangan itself is an island of turquoise waters and quartz crystal shores. So it just, 
It conducts an incredible energy. It attracts people from all over the world who are looking for body, mind, and heart expansion. So with that, you get a lot of people who are coming for yoga and spirituality and transformational experiences. And you also get a lot of people who are coming to explore psychedelics and parties. So it is a really interesting slice of humanity. And yeah, it just breeds interesting conversations and dynamics. People are there to heal. They're, here, they're there to have a good time. They're there to connect with their inner child and to really live life in nature in, in its fullest. It's that more beautiful world our hearts know is possible. And the tri-base specifically where I based myself for 10 full years, I can't even believe it sometimes, <laughs> is it's so special because you can only get there by boat, really. And there are no cars and there are no roads. I spent the majority of my time there barefoot, um, in the waters, in the jungles, and just connecting to the most incredible people, dancing all the time, singing all the time, yogaing all the time. We used to do a weekly hula hoop jam. I used to be a flow artist. I'm still a flow artist, but I was a, a professional hula hooper there for a minute. It's just a place of magic and possibility. And I think you totally experienced that. I did. And I mean, I use the word magic island, but it just, it truly is a magical island and it's freaking intense. There's highs and there's lows and there's um, just all sorts of intensity that goes on. Um, the island itself is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's built on a bed of rose quartz. And so yeah. it is just so amplified what happens um, in this little beautiful paradise it is rugged, um, like you say. The tri bays are, are pretty remote um, in that you know you don't really drive there. You can, but it's through a pretty intense jungle. Yeah. Um, and just to paint a picture for the listeners, before I had done one of Francie's retreats, I had been just traveling, and um, I was at the at um, had you on? Is it had you on? Yeah. Yeah. And I saw, and I was sitting at Bamboo Hut's restaurant and I saw Francie from behind um, wearing all white with her flowy hair and her mala beads and she was barefoot <laughs> and she was like leading her yoga group like up these stairs towards their huts. And I was, and I was just like instantly connected. I was like, who is that woman? You know, this is <laughs> over 10 years ago, probably. And I asked um, at, at one of the staff, I was like, who's that? And they were like, oh, that's Francie. She does the retreats here. And... I then, I can't remember if it was later that year or the year later, I booked and I did my first retreat with you. And I believe I did two or three with you over the years. Um, but the 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 retreat experience itself was incredible. It was very, um, like the shala is up in the jungle. The rooms are very, like, nice and neat, but very basic. It's not, you know, a luxurious um, yoga retreat. It is come and strip everything back and have an experience of what yoga in the jungle is like, which I believe that is how yoga really started in India and in Rishikesh. It was like, you're in the jungle, you're with nature, there's mosquitoes, um, there's ants, and you held the space so beautifully. 
and people came from all around the world. And I just thought one day I'm going to do that. <laughs> and you so are. Thank, <laughs> thank you for expanding me. Um, yeah, what a time it was. And I know that you have moved on from that particular place and we'll speak a little bit about that in a moment. Um, but what I wanted to address next was you and I are similar in the way that we used to be school teachers, right? And if my memory is correct, you used to teach um, kindergarten in Canada. Is that right? No, actually, oh. I <laughs> I actually did my tell me. I did my education degree in Australia. Actually, I lived in Brisbane for a couple years and got my degree there. And after that, I went to Bali and it was in Bali that I taught pre-kindergarten at the world famous green school. So I oh, actually never taught in Canada. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad I got that fact checking done. <laughs> the green school. Interesting. Um, yeah. What an incredible place that is. That is truly an incredible place. It's incredible. Really, the the quality of education, I think, has evolved a lot. I live in a community in Bali, and I have had the privilege of seeing a lot of kids, that, you know, when I started and when I was teaching there, and they were young, and now they're in their teens, and just the the quality of people they've become and the quality of, of creativity and social connection has just been mind-blowing for me. Yeah, so mm. I'm sure it's changed a lot since I was there, but I'm grateful I had the opportunity to be there once upon a dream. Absolutely. I actually have um, a friend who has three daughters and they all went to the green school in Bali recently and said it was absolutely incredible as well. But let me just rewind a little. So how does, like me, um, <laughs> we go, do we, how do we go from teaching in a school setting um, to glo for, for you, a global gypsy, freedom seeking, yogi, flow expert. This is what I'm going to call you. <laughs> How do we go from one to the other? And what is the journey like in between? Wow. Well, I've always valued higher education and being in service to people, but I've always also really valued autonomy and independence and creativity and. To be honest, it just never really worked for me to, um, you know, work for someone else or in a system whose rules I didn't necessarily agree with or understand. And once I moved to Bali, even though I was in this in like this more typical life situation, having a real job, um, I, I lived in a community surrounded by yokis and artists and musicians who were absolutely living their dreams and living from their passions and getting to hang out at the pool while I was at school. And it just inspired me to the point of needing to align myself to, to that inner voice that was crying out for something else. So at that time, we were all, our, the buzzword of the moment was learning how to follow your full body yes. And so I really took that as a practice to follow my full body yes and really notice where I was contracting or doing things because I thought I should. And yeah, it's that whole, the magic happens outside of the comfort zone. I think 
in many of us, there's that deep knowing. And then there are those opportunities when you're, you know, often painful opportunities to to take the leap and let go of the comfort zone and enter into that dimension of magic. So I think I got to this gypsy flow, follow my heart way of being just, yeah, following, following that inner yes. Mm. And is is in Bali when the yoga came in as um, something that you wanted to share on a bigger scale? Is that is that when it happened? From the moment I started yoga, from the first moment that I did a silent meditation retreat in India, and we had a volunteer yoga teacher share with us a practice every day, and. From that moment, I knew that I wanted to dedicate myself to it as a life path. And I was a very devoted, dedicated student and really immersed myself in so many different styles and teachers and teachings all over the planet for so many years. And yeah, it was after that chapter of teaching was coming to a close that I got an email blast from one of my first yoga teachers in Kopangan and it was her yoga training dates. And again, it was that full body. Yes. Like, okay, here we go. This is the next evolution of my being and I'm ready. So. And then you stepped into those, into that role. So you're an incredible yoga teacher um, yeah. and you share yoga in such a joyful way. It's You share it in a really accessible way, um, but it's not just yoga. There's music, there's singing, there's hula hooping, and there is that love of the flow state. Have I missed anything here? <laughs> what, are you, what are you currently loving to share with the world? I... My loves and passions and the way that I'm expressing those are in a real whirlwind of evolution since closing the studio in 2020. Um, At the moment, I'm here in Mexico and I'm helping to develop uh, a community, a virtual in-person community for, um, it's kind of a record label meets a a uh, video documentary series that tracks indi- that um, follows indigenous cultures from around the planet. And it's creating a bridge between indigenous culture and emerging culture. So I'm loving working in collaboration and working in teams of people to create transformational experiences. I'm also getting to work with other big yoga studios and festivals in Bali just to organize flow and to create the conditions in which more flow can happen for teachers and people from all over the world who are feeling called to this practice. So I'm really enjoying taking a step back and working on developing community and and flow for more people. Um, and I'm also really finding a lot of joy and aliveness in sharing singing and vocal activation. Sometimes I call it throat chakra activation because that's what it is, (laughs) but also just to bring in that element of the yogic wisdom because the, the voice is the gateway that connects the heart and the mind. 
the emotional and the rational. And it's our center of creativity, creative expression, living in alignment with our truth, expressing ourselves fully, you know, acknowledging our needs and our boundaries. And this is so alive for people right now. People are really feeling called to find their voice and to practice joy in a really deliberate way to reconnect with this inner child that was totally free and expressing without limitations and fear of judgment. It's also the center of worthiness um, and that quality of giving ourselves permission to take up space. So for me, my journey with yoga has been so centered around self-love and self-compassion and self-care and self-acceptance. And I love so much the embodied practice of flow, and I still love teaching that. But definitely this vocal activation practice is bringing me a lot of fulfillment and connection to other women from around the planet and and just connecting these stories of our voice and, and how we've held ourselves small and how we want to play bigger. So yeah, that's really alive for me. Perfect um, <laughs> segue, because I wanted to ask you about singing, because I know you've mentioned to me before that singing was a way that you worked through significant life challenges and big emotions. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking. Um, there was a, a time in my life, there have been several times in my life where, you know, things get very challenging and you go into contraction and emotion and, you know, the dark night of the soul. And there were another, a number of experiences that compounded in my life at one moment. And what happened was that I lost my voice for a year and a half. I had this raspy, sore throat, chronic laryngitis, um, and it was painful. You know, I would teach a yoga class, I would lose my voice. Um, I would sing, I would lose my voice. And for so long, I just tried to gargle with salt water and drink ginger tea and try to rest my voice and and to the point where I flew back to Canada and went to go see the doctors to have them stick laparoscopes down my throat or videos down my throat just to see what was happening. Because I thought, you know, maybe there's something really, really wrong. And after doing a pretty thorough investigation, they told me that I had swollen lymph and that I should drink ginger tea. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the irony that you went to a doctor to tell you that <laughs> full circle. So I went back to totally. So I went back to Bali where I was living at the time and connected with a sister of mine who's a singing teacher. And I said, look, I think I need to have singing lessons or talking lessons because every time I talk, I lose my voice and it's heartbreaking. And she asked me if I'd been through any significant trauma or 
emotional experience. And I had reflected and that I had. And she said, oh, well, okay. So (laughs) emotions and the voice are intimately connected. And she got me on a practice of singing and caring for my voice. And that started to bring me incrementally more joy every time I did it. And the more joyful I became, the more I was able to transform and transmute these denser feelings that I was working through in regards to those difficult situations. And and this has been a big journey for me in finding my voice and finding my worth and learning how to express myself, speak up for myself, live in truth, which I wasn't at those times. I didn't feel like I had the space or the worthiness to speak up for myself. So it's it's a very personal journey for me, this vocal awakening, vocal activation journey, because as I said to you at the beginning of our chat today, you know, I can sing a song and it can change everything and just put me in the zone. Or I can listen to a song and just move my body a little bit and it shifts stagnant energy and gets mm-hmm. me back into that state of flow. So yeah, mm-hmm. eternally grateful for, yeah, this practice in my journey and being able to share it now. Yeah, thank you so much that, for sharing that so beautifully. Um, there is a power in singing and music to heal, isn't there? It's one of the many ways that we can heal. And I remember when I was younger having that um, like a restriction. It felt like a restriction around my throat when I wasn't speaking my truth. I wasn't being truthful to myself. And I remember feeling this like it was almost like there was like a hand around my neck and I Googled it. And Google had just been invented. And I was like, I must have typed in like tight throat. And a Chinese medicine um, journal article came up and they, it was talking about what they called plum pip chi. So it feels like you've got a plum pip stuck in your throat. And it's, it's, it's yeah, it's about not, you know, having that, you know, it's the throat chakra not being open or not being um, allowed to express and I don't I don't have that anymore but when I feel like um emotional or like there's something I need to say I literally energetically feel it in my throat as well so I really feel you and learning to sing mantra has really allowed me to express my heart as well so understanding how like it's all about you know channeling what's coming out of your heart through the throat so thank you for sharing that Oh, thank you for sharing that. That's so interesting. Plum pitch. I love it. People ask me all the time why I started yoga. They probably ask you the same. How we got into it, how we started teaching it. My answer is always that it gave me a potent tool to regulate my nervous system, which at the time was in a constant state of dysregulation, which was, as you can imagine, pretty extremely uncomfortable. In a nutshell, my mental health was terrible and it gave me relief, which I really needed. Please share about your experiences um, getting into the yoga practice, the yoga path. What was it that drew you to this practice and what is it that keeps you here? Thank you so much for sharing, Lou. That's so beautiful. And I think so many people can relate 
yoga is such a powerful way of just learning how to gain a little bit more mastery over the mind um, and the heart and the body. And I, I continued on my path of yoga because, yeah, it on the most simple level, it feels good. It feels good. It makes everything feel better. It moves stagnant energy and creates the conditions for more peace and flow and grace. And it attunes you to synchronicity and alignment. So there are so many reasons why I keep coming back to yoga. It's the community of people who are on this path towards awakening and evolution. I find it so inspiring to connect with people who are also on this journey. And the teachings, the teachings just remind me of who I really am beyond the story. Because so often I get caught up in the neurosis of the mind and yoga helps to zoom me out and give me perspective and remind me that, you know, the outer world and the inner world are so connected and yeah. Yoga has just been so consistent in its ability to bring me back to the state of presence and joy and connection yeah, I, I love it so much. I'm yoga forever. M me too. The community, the teachings, the way it evolves, the way we can have it over our whole life and it can adapt to whatever we're going through. It's it's pretty timeless. Let's let's touch on COVID a little. I, I don't like to turn it into a negative, but I'm interested to hear what came out of this time. Your business was built around a physical retreat center at the time, and it depended on open borders and international visitors coming. Now, we had a Zoom chat, I remember, at that time. It was around the start right. of 2020, and I was able to share with you what we were going through in Melbourne, longest lockdown in the world. Um, we didn't know that at the time. Um, the whole world was locked down, I think, when we when we spoke. Um, and you were able to um, share what was going on with you. Obviously, massive changes to both the ways we both kind of worked and shared our practice with the world. I, I don't like to use the word pivot, but for lack of a better word, how did you adapt at this time? And how does your business look and business business and life look and feel like on the other side of this? <laughs> yeah, it's a big question. It was a big journey. And, you know, one of the other things I love about yoga is just how it brings us into the remembrance of the cyclical the cyclical nature of being so even though within my yoga retreats i had contemplated and taught the method of contemplation of of that who am i question i definitely had a lot of identity wrapped up in what i did and how i spent my time so covid was a full dismantling of that concept. And yeah, my business as I know it 
completely disappeared overnight. It was actually around this time where it's uh, we're in March right now. And oh. it, was Mar- it was March 2020 that my last yoga teacher training students left. And then I stayed on, you know, not knowing how long this story would last. And I maintained my studio in the jungle. And I ended up living in what ultimately became a ghost town, which is an experience that most people won't get to have this life. And it was strange. And it was eerie. And there was, you know, fear and uncertainty and not being able to continue doing what I did. I started teaching um, private clients who were long-term residents of the Bay. I started um, trying to create a virtual community and do online courses and Zoom classes. Um, I feel like I kind of tried everything in that time, in that way, in that space. And so it was a full 360 pivot and... It was a interesting time, to say the mm-hmm. least. Um, as I kind of moved through that, you know, caterpillar going into the cocoon, dismantling of the entire form of who I thought I was. You know, I was in that chrysalis, in that goo, for a long time, and. You know, it's recently that I've been able to reflect on how challenging that was to be moving through a period of grief and ending and the pain that comes with that, just the inevitable stages of grief that one must go through, whether they're mourning the loss of a loved one or of a previous career or of a life cycle. And trying to make it work and figure out how to be in service, how to create enough money and abundance to support myself was a big journey, a big challenge. Um, At some stage, you know, I had to relax this need to figure it all out and really surrender to trust And that's so much easier said than done. It's so much easier said than done. But eventually, I was able to move out of the stagnation that had been accumulating in my life. And I left left Thailand and I came back to Bali and... You know, the past few months, I really feel those butterfly wings beginning to expand as invitations and opportunities to share different aspects of myself that are even beyond the ideas that I've come up for for myself are unfolding and taking shape. So definitely we're on the other side, but I'm still watching in wonder, experiencing in wonder, this magical carpet, this magical carpet ride of becoming who I'm here to be for this next cycle. Thank, thank you so much for sharing that so succinctly. I know that 
that t- the the time of COVID and the, the reason I wanted to bring it up was that it truly was that time of going inwards. Exactly the analogy that you used was perfect into our cocoon, into our homes, into ourselves, drawing back in whatever offerings or identities that we had. And then as we come out of it, and I really feel that in 2023, like when we're recording this, is that we're coming out new people. Like we are friggin' evolved, what we all went through. Um, Absolutely. We had to shift. We didn't have a choice. There was no option to stay stagnant. Like we needed to, we needed to evolve. Um, and I guess the beauty of a yoga practice and who you are and the magic of who you are and what you offer is that you can do that anywhere and you do it wherever you are and you're a global gypsy traveler citizen. So, you know, in a way, maybe this had to happen. So you had to leave the tribe, eh? otherwise you might never have left. <laughs> do you ever think that? It's, you know, uh, 1000 million percent. I had the dream. I had a beautiful yoga retreat center. I was running retreats throughout the year. I loved what I was doing. I loved it so much. And yet it was kind of this golden handcuffs because it demanded and required so much of my energy, attention, and focus that there really wasn't space for me to take on other projects or really dedicate myself in other ways. And it it's kind of, it can be a lonely place um, to be a solopreneur, you know, uh, an independent entrepreneur. You know, there's not really that many people to high five when you're winning or to keep the ball rolling when, when you need a break. And so one of the clear messages that I've kept on getting throughout COVID is that we need each other and that we need to come together and co-create and collaborate and connect our hearts and minds and think bigger. So I this is what I'm doing now and I love it so much. It just feels so much more expansive and even though it's uncertain, the the spiral trajectory of what's unfolding now, it's so fresh and exciting and alive. So, so definitely a difficult blessing in disguise. Yeah, one hundred percent. A lot of the work I do with women working one on one is around high sensitivity or being highly sensitive or HSP, you've shared with me that you have recently been late late diagnosed with ADHD, which is also a form of neurodiversity similar to high sensitivity. What's that been like, having this new layer of self-awareness? What has this new um, self-awareness, and I don't like to use the word diagnosis, but it's more about, you know, understanding yourself. What's this been like? Honestly, I I know that it can be a sensitive subject to talk about diagnoses and feeling like you're putting yourself in a box or or feeling like other people are putting you in a box. And yet sometimes it can just be so empowering to be able to access information or community surrounding things that are so deeply resonant 
So for me, the level of self-compassion that I've been able to develop and cultivate within myself since learning about my own neurodivergence has just been so incredibly impactful in my life in terms of really dialing in how I structure my days, really understanding when something goes wrong or when I feel overwhelmed or overstimulated or I'm in a procrastination loop, it really helps to prevent me being so hard on myself and really helps me to access the tools that can help me actually harness the superpowers. I I really yeah. think of this as, you know, it with it comes a lot of superpowers and also a lot of super challenges. I have a long journey ahead, I feel, still in my emotional mastery, in my mental mastery, in my behavior mastery, but the, the gifts are also many. And part of me not being able to feel super comfortable in a more neurotypical situation like being a teacher in a school, now I can understand why that freedom and independence is just so vital for my essence and for my being. So it's been empowering and it's also helped me to support a lot of other women who are also on this journey because when you meet someone who really, truly gets it, who doesn't just say that they get it, but who actually gets it, it, it really feels like finally you're not alone. Yeah, you feel sane, totally sane. Yeah. Yeah. The way, the structure that um, I'm teaching my highly sensitive women to understand and thrive with their sensitivity which is very very similar to ADHD is you know you have to you have to claim it first you have to claim it you have to own it you have to understand it and you have to reframe the story so when you look back over your life and you're like oh I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that it's like no you've got this new information how are you going to reframe your whole life what new stories that are helpful and empowering can you now tell yourself with this new information then it's explaining to the people around you what you need, advocating for yourself. And the, the final part and the final step is to maintain. What do I need to do in my life? What, um, what structures do I need to create? What resources do I need? How do I need the rhythm of my day to feel? What support do I need? Um, what practices do I need? When you get all those pieces together, there's no reason why any diagnosis, and I've got little air quotes, can't be the most empowering thing that ever happened to you. Totally. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think one other thing I would want to touch upon just with having that late stage diagnosis, there was a, a period of deep grief because again, you look over your life and you think, oh, I slipped through the cracks. Life could have been so different if I just knew why I was the way I was because I always felt 
that I wasn't the same. I always felt different and not, and, and now, and now I'm just grateful that I know, and I've, I've moved through that grief process and I'm just grateful that I know now. And, and I'm also grateful that I didn't know as a kid, because maybe I would have spent a lifetime on medication and, and known such a different reality. And ultimately, I'm I'm so grateful for my life as it's been. What's next for you, Francie? What do you feel is um, guiding you towards it next? <laughs> well, in life, I'm, in business, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very multi-layered uh, question. I'm looking forward to creating Bali as a base for myself again after basing myself more in Thailand. And I'm looking forward to collaborations on retreats and festivals and trainings and just events that help nourish people and remind them of the joy of life and to remind them of the essence of who we who we truly are. So how the shape of that is very permeable. I'm going to continue leading uh, weekly singing circles for women and collaborating with different projects. I just helped um, a beautiful sister who has a plant medicine retreat. Oh, pardon me, retreat. And um, she's working on developing a foundation to bring people to plant medicine who would otherwise not be able to afford it. So just co-creating with friends and people that I admire on inspiring, uplifting, up-leveling projects. And now that we're able to travel and be in the world a little bit more freely, I look forward to just exploring the world again as I am and yeah, just staying open to the magic and the possible. So beautiful. Well, I cannot wait to see you, hopefully in November when I come over to Bali, if you're around. I look forward Yay. to reconnecting with you in person. Oh, I look forward to that. If anyone um, would like to get in contact with you, uh, how can they? How can they? How can they contact you? Well, you can always find me on everything social at pureflow.yoga. Um, you can find access to my free love and inspiration project, which is a community and living library of all kinds of resources that I love playlists and meditations and yoga classes. Um, so that's free and awesome. And yeah, I've started a YouTube channel where I'm sharing more and more videos about the importance of awakening the voice, vocal activation, vocal empowerment. So you can find me in my community. You can find me on my website, or you can just send me a DM on Instagram. I love hearing from you. I, I love sharing um, my mentorship programs as well. My life transformation mentorship, Flourish, um, Flow Experience, which is my monthly once a month coaching program just to keep people tuned in to their flow. And um, and you can always find me in Bali or just stay connected and see where I'm at in the world. <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on today. I just think you are incredible. 
You are incredible. Thank you so much, Lou. And I look forward to connecting again with you soon. Thanks so much for having me. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for listening today, everyone. If you loved this podcast, please share it with someone who you believe might need this message today or share it on your social media and don't forget to tag me. I really love your feedback. You can reach me at hello at loukelly.com. That's Lou, K-E-L-L-E.com. Until next time, stay happy, stay free. You are perfect as you are.